Does your financial plan match your personality? This episode will explore which style best fits you. Are you a bull rider or a tortoise? Or perhaps somewhere in between? It's important to remember that no matter what your personality is, there will always be conflict in your relationship with money, even if your plan doesn't line up with how you feel. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is CJ Burnett and Thomas Seco. We are financial advisors, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of this podcast, the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment. For those of you who are listening for this first time, welcome. We have other resources available on our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, and articles. When you get a chance, when you're not listening, go check them out. So today we're going to start with a question, a million dollar question. Well, maybe it's not that, maybe it's not a million dollars, but maybe $2 million dollar question. A few million dollars. Well, that's even, that's, that's a tall order. Let's, let's right double there. the stakes here. Uh, so are you a tortoise or a bull rider? I don't know. I mean, I like bulls. I'm really big into the bull riding. I mean, it does sound fun. You know? Yeah, it does sound fun. I would, I would never do bull riding. I mean, that's watching those people get slung around after eight seconds or so. I don't know. Not me. Well, and it, I guess really what we're talking about here is like in regards to your personality and your plan, like, are you the person that kind of takes a lot of caution? Do you, are you very careful? Are you like a tortoise or are you more like, you know, the risk taker, the one that wants to have fun with money, the one that wants to have fun with the plan. And I think it, it and obviously this breaches into multiple different areas of your plan, right? Because your financial plan is made up of a bunch of different things. Things like investments, insurances, cash you're well, keeping on hand, decisions you make. Right. Like overall decisions. Because I mean, really financial decisions are rooted in how we think and how we feel about things. So when you look at your investments, if you're a tortoise, you're probably going to be a lot more careful with your investments. You're not going to take as much risk as a bull rider would. And a bull rider is going to take the maximum amount of risk. Now, obviously there are varying degrees between the tortoises and the bull riders. You don't have to be one or the other. You can be somewhere in between. But I think, you know, when you look at investments, that's, that's one dynamic of your plan that you got to ask yourself, like, do my investments match my personality? Well, it's even, even insurances too. Like, do you the person that likes to buy them or not buy them? Like right. everyone that likes to kind of roll the dice and maybe it happens or it doesn't. So, you know, you could be that person that maybe you're a little bit more of a tortoise on investing and maybe a bull rider on insurance. You could be a combination of both. It's very true. That's very, and I think uh, sometimes we meet bull riders and their investment portfolio looks very similar to more of a tortoise's. Yeah. Or vice versa, right? So, and how much how much cash you have on hand can be a big indicator of whether or not you're a tortoise or a bull rider. Bull rider probably, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of cash because they either spend it or they invest it aggressively, right? Whereas a tortoise is going to have a ton of cash on hand. They're not going to be as as aggressive with their cash. They're not going to put cash in places where they can't get to it because they're careful. Now, a lot of people, uh, their plan doesn't match their personality. 
And they're not, they, because they've never really asked themselves that question. They've never really investigated or looked at their plan, their insurance, their, their savings rates, their income, all those things. And think to themselves like, okay, does, and what I'm doing, does what I do match what I want and how my personality works? And am I taking on too much risk? Am I taking too little risk? And maybe some of you out there are like, well, I don't really have a plan at all. Like I, like you asked me these questions, CJ, and I don't, like, I don't even know where to start with that question because I don't, I don't have a plan to begin. And if that's the case, you're probably a bull rider. <laughs> you're probably okay with taking a lot of risk yeah. by not having a plan that says something about your personality. It does. Absolutely. Not having a plan definitely can say, you know, I, I could be a combination of both. I could be none. I could be who, who knows what it is. And from this conversation, what might be good for you to do is take a moment to, if you want to pause this episode and sit down and ask yourself, are you a bull rider or are you a tortoise? And if you're still not sure, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we get further through this episode. And to give you some more clarity around, you know, being a bull rider or a tortoise, we've broken it down on a couple of different areas because we always like to make things simpler for people as they're listening. And the first one that we always look at is, you know, will you be a tortoise or a bull rider can be depending on your age. So like if you're getting, you know, you're a little bit older in your career, or let's say that you're closer to retiring, maybe you're just starting in your career, you might have a different perspective or a different viewpoint when it comes to what you want and what your goals are and what you're looking to accomplish. And remember, there are varying degrees. So you might be 50% tortoise, 50% bull rider. You might be a bull rider in your investments, but be a tortoise on your insurance. Mm -hmm. You might... You know, I think it's important to take a step back, like from an age perspective, even when you look at age as the dynamic, right? When you're younger, you tend to be a little bit more risky. When you're older, you get a little bit more conservative. Eventually, your per your personality uh, has a lot to do with that, uh, a lot to do with how risk, because we've met young people who are incredibly scared of risk. And we've met older people who just are completely okay with risk. So it, the age is not the main determinant, right? But also your personality and, and kind of, and, and what your past experiences have been. Past experiences are a big kicker of it all. If you've had good or bad events, or maybe if you haven't experienced certain things before, it might be causing you to want to take a little bit more risk than you maybe feel comfortable with. And then you you figure out what your level is that you're okay with. Yeah, look, I mean, look at the 2008 crash. You know, a lot of people are still kind of they've got PTSD because they owned a lot of real estate when the crash happened, and you know they got in a bad bad spot financially. And so taking on more risk since then has always been hard for them because they they remembered that 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 previous experience that they've had, which you know may not have even been their fault, right? They, their their own personal financial decisions were not necessarily what drove that. The economy drove that. Right. Well, think of it too, even just recently in 2020, I would say to add their CJ too, is that the market dropped hard over the course of a month or so. People weren't expecting that and they were just freaking out. Like it was like panic mode by a lot of people. And now look at the end of 2020, it's back up where it was and beyond where it was at. So it might've changed a lot of people's behaviors and how they approach certain things. And there's some people that are out there. We've had conversations mixed sides where they're like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And then other people are like, can I put more in? <laughs> yeah. Well, so. and yeah. I, I, and I remember talking to one person during the, during the whole uh, coronavirus crash and he, he wanted to get out of, he wanted to just get out of the market, out of everything. Mm -hmm. And this is the only person that I, I think I even really talked to who was really, I would say 
traumatized by the 2008 crash. And as always, always goes back there when things start looking bad, he, the, the fear takes over, right? And he just, and, and he can't help it. Um, so your past experiences can definitely, you know, help you. And there are people on the other side of that. Like they started investing in real estate when it was, you know, real low. And now it's, you know, it's gone up dramatically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in their minds, real estate is like the best thing to put money into, right? But they, but they're kind of a product of the timing of, of the economy, not so much, you know, their decision. So the experience that they've had, they're, they're looking at other people who haven't made money in real estate going, well, you know, that's because you just don't know how to do it when in fact, it could be because it, it, timing. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's skill, but I think, I think investing is, is, you know, there's a certain amount of, uh, of, of timing that, that affects that as well as the decisions that someone makes. Yeah. So, the, the factors that we look at here, you know, a lot of them can depend on a few of them. There are probably some that we're leaving out. Um, another one has to go with your plan and your plan, depending on the timing, where you're at, what you're trying to accomplish, those can all be a lot of different factors of what play in there. Like if you're trying to buy a house, you're wanting to eventually slow down from work. Uh, maybe you're just starting your career and you're like, I want to be able to retire sooner. So you want to take more, more chances than other people would. So, you know, these are all things that can play a big factor in there. And when it comes to the overall, let's say being a bull rider or a tortoise, your lifestyle can be a big indicator of, you know, who you are, or what your overall profile is when it comes to how you approach your life. So are you the person that likes adventure or are you the person that likes to be a homebody? I know I can be a combination of both of them personally. I love exploring. I love doing things. And there's times that I just love to just be at home by myself. So um, that can be a big determinant of what you are and the way that you approach how you handle your finances. So here are some examples of ways that you can find out where you fall on the spectrum. What's your aversion to financial loss? Like if you lose money, are you super depressed or do you blow it off and move forward with your day really quickly, right? It doesn't really bother you. Do you have a lack of knowledge about finances and making quick decisions without all the information about the consequences? It scares you, right? Like, is that is that something that affects you? Um, maybe listening to others' opinions and taking them as fact can can give you an idea of just how you approach your financial decisions and where you fall on that spectrum of how risky or how conservative you are. Another big one is avoiding your finances altogether. You could be considered a tortoise or a bull rider because. <laughs> just be being kind of like willfully blind to it and not paying much attention could put you in a bad spot because it doesn't align with what your plan is. So how are you approaching that? And then also the other last thing that we think of is like buying into the next fad. Oh, there's so many things that we would even say in the financial industry, they kind of like are just repurposed. Some things are taken and then they try to make them look all fancy and they put some glitter and sparkles on them. And then everyone else is like, man, this is great. I need to go do this. And then time unfolds, and then they realize it was just someone in sheepskin. Uh, I don't even. Oh, know a wolf, a wolf in sheepskin. Is that, is that? Yeah, I think. What is it? A wolf in. <laughs> a wolf well, you, in can, you can say a wolf in sheepskin, or, or even uh, I think that, you know when it comes to fads. Uh, what do they call that uh, syndrome? It's like flashy, flashy, flashy object syndrome or something. Where like whenever something's <laughs> really nice, you kind of like all your attention goes to it. And then you want that new flashy object, which or, I mean, I'm, 
Or I, I think I, to kind of pull it in here with veterinarians, um, if we were to kind of give the example of dogs, you know, when you yell the word squirrel and they're like always looking around for the next squirrel that's out there, you know, <laughs> the next best squirrel, the next best badge, you know? And it's, it's funny. I mean, we all fall subject to it. Like I, I know, mm -hmm. I mean, there are certain areas of my life that um, when it comes to computers, I have a, I have a real issue. I need computers anonymous sometimes to, uh, I need to leave my wallet in in the car when I go into the Apple store, other than the Apple watch came out and that really hurts. Right. Well, I don't you, even think anymore. You got Apple pay and Google pay and all these different pays yeah. that like, it used to work when I left my wallet in the car. All right. Um, not so much anymore. So, you know, I got to figure out another way to approach that. Another thing, that, another way to do that. But, you know, we're all human. We're all going to fall subject to it. It's just a matter of being aware of, of those things that, that you do that with, right? Are you doing that with certain financial things? I mean, you may, you may be doing that. You may not. Maybe you're chasing after rates of return. You're always trying to find the best investment. And coming up short a lot of the time, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, right? right. Um, the great thing about an investment is it's either going to go up or it's going to go down. There's right. really no other place it can go. So um, I guess it can go sideways and not you could not lose. I'll never forget the time I had a, <laughs> a professor at, in college who, you know, he, he showed a stock chart and he goes, I can tell you exactly 100% what this stock is going to do. And we're all like leaning in because we're like, oh my gosh, he's about to drop some truth bomb <laughs> on us, right? Like some crazy knowledge that only this, you know, 70 year old professor knows that the world has not figured out yet. And he goes, this stock will either go up, it will go down, or it'll stay the same. <laughs> I think we all wanted to throw something at him because we were. It's a, a boom moment, you know? Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, he like dropped the mic and then walked off and we were like wanting to stone him, right? So. <laughs> Anyway, there are a few things that come to mind when it comes to investigating your finances. If you're really wanting to sit here and say, hey, you know, how do I take a little bit closer approach or take a closer look at what I'm doing? And the first thing is the investment approach. And I'm going to hand this over to CJ, let him start this off because he's the investment guy in our business. But CJ, why don't you share some stuff around that? Yeah, I think so. What's somewhat obvious to a lot of people who are listening, like you've probably filled out risk tolerance questionnaires, right? They're they're out there. Um, generally, the more risky you are, the more stocks you're going to have in your portfolio. And the less risky you are, the more bonds you'll have in your portfolio because bonds are considered less risky. Now, I think it's it's important to note that risk in general, especially when it comes to investments, can be measured so many different ways. You have standard deviations. You have different types of, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to get too nerdy on the podcast, but you have different types of ratios, risk-adjusted return ratios, and, and different types of measurements of risk that you can look at when you're when you're analyzing investments, and you know there are some basic understanding around investments that most people don't have. And I've actually there's a hundred percent of the time I've gone to parties and I've asked a few of these questions, and a hundred percent of the time, even the people that are really financially savvy actually don't know the answers. So it's kind of interesting to me interesting. how you know we try to we try to figure out the risk of our portfolio and and a lot of people miss it they don't even look at the risk they just look at the returns they base their decision off of returns returns only give you you know half of the story the other half is how much risk are you taking in order to get that return because if you're going to get a return you are taking risk to get that return and if you're taking on excessive risk you may inch out an extra 1% of return but if you took on the risk to get an extra 20% then that doesn't that that sometimes doesn't compute. And so recognizing how to measure risk within your investments is is pretty critical, right? Don't just take the risk tolerance questionnaire and say, okay, I'm done, but really think about 
the actual impact of what you're doing within your portfolio. And when it comes to insurance, right? So Tom, this is, this is your area. So I'm, I'm going to pass the baton to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the risk in investments is a big one. And then also insurance is a, another huge area too, because, you know, if you are a person that's not very risky, let's say you are a tortoise, you might love insurances, everything that's out there. You could think of auto homeowners, umbrellas, life, disability, everything. Sometimes insurances though, really at times, and this can kind of be misconstrued through here. So kind of take it for what it is. But life insurance and disability insurance, auto insurance, and certain, there's certain things that like, let's say they're not necessarily needed, but sometimes they're a want. And the thing about insurance, the biggest part that you always want to keep in mind is that when you buy coverage, what happens is that you're saying that this is too concerning to me and I don't want to have to worry about the loss to my family. So I want to pay a couple dollars to basically put it on another company and say, hey, you're going to handle this for me if something happens. So when it comes to protecting, like you could be, uh, have a combination of both. You could be some areas a little bit more risky than others. Uh, but then at the same time, it's like, when you think of insurance, are you protecting yourself to the bare minimum or are you protecting yourself at the optimal level? And a big factor, I know a lot of conversations we have, and I think this is a kind of a sore thumb that Pope says all the time is disability insurance. You know, do you have just a policy you bought through AVMA a while ago bare minimum when you're getting out of school, or do you have the full best policy you could possibly get? And some ways to find out when it comes to protection and some things that just understand of like how well you are protected and for your tortoise or a bull rider in this area is how much in liability coverage does your auto insurance have? I will tell you, most people we talk to have no idea. And that's a big thing to take in the mind. Do you only have group long-term disability coverage? And what about the amount of life insurance that you and your family own? These are just three questions. There's so many other things that we can throw in here. And uh, we, we actually are going to have a little bit more of an educational series soon that we'll talk more about at some point or another. So you can learn more about these areas. So when it comes to insurances, the biggest misconception when it comes to it is that understanding what you're protecting, and it's not just I'm just spending money to just spend money, but it's like, am I a tortoise or am I a bull rider? And am I willing to take the risk? And if I'm not, then I'm willing to pass it on to someone else. And the last thing that we also look at from an approach is when it comes to asset building. So you got investing, you got insurance, but then you also got asset building. And this breaks down into three different areas when we look at it. First one is what we call cash reserves. So how much money do you keep on hand? This is things like, you know, your, your life, your, your emergency fund, other things that you're wanting to buy. So like, let's say you want to go buy a new car. You're looking to go do some other different things that are out there. Life happens, things happen. So cash reserves, when it comes to making sure you have enough money on hand. So there are some people that we actually know that we always, the joke is that a lot of times men like to keep very little on hand and women tend to keep, to keep a lot. And I think this is just a kind of a, a, an observation that we've had over the course of time, but it's making sure that there's, depending on if you are that person that's willing to kind of not have a lot of cash or would like to keep an emergency fund in hand, that's something you should really keep in mind. But then the other part here is a liquid assets. CJ, could you talk on that for a second? Well, I think when it comes to, um, <clears throat> you know, the less risky you are, the more money you want to have that's liquid, or at least investments that are liquid. So illiquid assets are things that are not, you can't get to really quickly. So retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, like if you're, if you're young, at least like if you're below, below the age of 60, let's, let's say, cause there's a 10% penalty on the, on the, the money that you withdraw. Real estate's not liquid business. If you own a business, 
that business ownership is not is not that liquid, right? You got to find a buyer, you got to enter into a contract. There's some due diligence on the back end, and then you might even have an earnout, right? You, you might even be able to not be able to leave your business until a year or two after you've you've sold it to uh, another corporation or whatnot. So I think when it comes to just how you build your assets, can 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 make sense like how you're doing that, especially matching, making sure that it matches with your personalities is critical. And to, to finalize, just to put a little nice little pretty bow on this whole thing, when it comes to how you're building your, your assets, how you're building your wealth, the more you focus on your savings, the less you have to rely on investments. So if you're somebody who is more like a tortoise, you don't like risk, then save more money, save more, out, out save other people who may take more risk and they may get the same, they may end up in the same spot you're going to end up, but at least you took less risk to get there. You can take less risk in the investments, but if you just save a little more, then you're going to end up in the same spot that they are. If you're enjoying this episode and you found that this to be very helpful and you're learning something, we'd love to hear from you. You know, go visit our website at some point, go to the contact form, Write something in the form about something you've learned, something you found to be helpful, because we would love to get some of your feedback around this. And you could really help us out if you could go write us a review, either on our Facebook page or through Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you of what you're thinking about our shows. And when it comes to something that if you're like, well, what's the next step that I can take in my finances? Uh, if you haven't done a checkup recently to see your overall plan and how you're doing, we have a complimentary assessment that's available on the front page of our website. It's 10 questions, really simple, really quick. Go there, click the button that says test my plan on the homepage. You'll get a score from all that. And you'll be able to tell you if you've got any different holes or things that are going on in your plan. And if you're within less than 10 years from retiring and you want to sell your practice, or if you are a practice owner, feel free to reach out to us. We do help a lot with that area. We love to give you some feedback or see what we can do to help you. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-15196-8 expires March of 2025.